welcome to episode 31 of the Jay Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, Jay Bunny. Uh, now, uh, WrestleMania is upon us, and uh, even though I don't really watch wrestling much anymore, I figured that a good topic for the uh, another roundtable episode would be music in wrestling. So uh, my guest today, once again from the uh, Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk podcast, Chris O'Mealy. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back here on Jay Bunny's Music Hub, part of the Club Kayfabe creative community at CKCC Online. Just got to throw my little plugs out there, you know. Absolutely. Also part of the uh, Club Cafe Wrestle Talk podcast, uh, Dan Peck. Yep, yep, yep. What it do? And uh, host of, a, I believe, a couple of shows on the Club Cafe Creative Community, Jason Cantwell. Hey, what's up? So, Jay, uh, you haven't been on the show yet. I mean, Dan hasn't either, although I've been on Club Cafe a few times. But uh, how about you tell us a bit uh, before we get started about what uh, your shows, what you do? Okay. Well, part of the Club Cafe Creative Community, I do Ring Rust which is Atlantic Canada's only source of wrestling news radio. So I do wrestling music and wrestling news and results and previews and stuff like that. So this is an international show. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And also I do the Cavalcade of Uber Swank, which is basically classic Canadian content. Or if I have guests, I just talk about their upcoming show and play some of their music. All right. Cool. Also, I guess... uh would be good for you know for for this episode would be for everybody to sort of uh let's talk about first like how long uh you've been into wrestling just just so that the uh the audience can sort of have an idea of you know how long you've been watching and 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 you know then we can get into the music myself i used to really sort of uh i kind of i don't know i kind of hated the idea of 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 wrestling and i think that that was something that was my my dad was always like oh that's that's fake bullshit. And so, like, I kind of took on that attitude for a while. And then one night uh, in freshman year of high school, which for me was in 1998, I was flipping channels and uh, saw Stone Cold Steve Austin filling Vince McMahon's Corvette with cement. And I was hooked. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that would probably do it. <laughs> So I was, uh, you know, I watched from from then. Uh, you know, I fell out a little bit, you know, during the uh, during the initial brand split when I was living with my grandparents and they didn't have cable, so I didn't really have any way to watch unless uh, unless somebody record. Like I, my 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 mom tried to like record some of them on VHS tape for me so I could keep up, but I just wasn't able to keep up. Got back into it again in in college, uh, fell off for a little while, and then uh, when my aunt the last time, and I, I never remember the number, and I'm sure Chris or Dan, uh, you guys will know. Chris probably, I think you were there. Uh, the last time that WrestleMania came to New Jersey, um, I, like I said, I don't remember. Twenty nine, twenty nine. All right. <laughs> um, my aunt, who I hadn't seen in uh, probably twenty twenty years. Uh, had offered to bring me, and I was like, well, I don't really want to go, you know, spend the money on a WrestleMania, you know, if I haven't been watching. I feel like that would be a waste of money. And she's like, oh, no, no, I'll, I'll pay. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, if you don't mind that, then sure, I'll go. And that got me back into it for, for a few years, basically, until the most recent brand split, which has been, I think, about, what, two years now that they brought I that back? Honestly, couldn't even tell you anymore. Uh, I think the summer's three. <laughs> okay. So that was about when I fell off again, although I do sort of keep up on what's going on with what you guys talk about in the uh, uh, Club Kayfabe group. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, having friends that are that are in in the indies and and, and like knowing like a friend of a friend that's in NXT now, I kind of I kind of keep up without actually watching. 
So that's that's my story. That's where I'm at with wrestling right now. What about you guys? <laughs> well, you 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 know part of my story, right? I'll, right. I'll I'll fill in the rest. So my first exposure to wrestling happened when my buddy had a birthday party, and we didn't watch the entire WrestleMania three pay per view, but he recorded Hogan versus Andre and wanted all of his friends to watch it. And we were all gathered in his mom's bedroom because for some reason that's where the pay-per-view was. And, you know, we were all a bunch of little kids, like like four or five years old, whatever. You know, he's like the neighborhood kid who grew up three houses down from you and was the same age, so you were friends by default. So we're all hanging out in his house, and I watched Hulk Hogan body slam Andre the Giant, and I'm like, that was cool. So I'd watch wrestling with my friends, but, like, I never watched it at home, and I never truly got into it in like the 90s or anything then when the attitude era started uh one of my friends named jason shin tried to convince me to watch wrestling and i was a big jerk about it and <laughs> kept telling him that i didn't want to watch that fake bullshit because that's what it was and i would make fun of it and call it gay and all that other stuff and then another friend ironically got physically got me to sit down and watch it and i'm like okay this is actually pretty freaking cool and he like took the time to exp- he actually knew like the insider stuff at the time which i guess wasn't as big during the attitude era as it is now because it was still like like dial-up internet age but he was really into a lot of the backstage stuff so he explained a lot of stuff and that actually got me into it so the latter half of the attitude era is where i officially got suckered in and been a fan ever since and then of course and, oh, God, I, I remember the exact date. I believe it was December 14th, because that was the Wednesday. I could go back and give you the exact date, too, if you wanted. Um, when I first stepped into the ring for the first time, I went up to the training center. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to look this up, too, because I'm a stickler for dates. Oh, 15th. I was close. Because, remember, it was a Wednesday in December. and So, my birthday. Yeah, and I didn't know you yet. <laughs> it was either the 8th or the 15th. It was one of those Wednesdays in December. But I feel like the 15th rings a bell more. I met John Salinas, a.k.a. Johnny Toxic, in college. He was uh, taking classes with me. He was going up to the training centers in Pittston, Pennsylvania, with World Star Wrestling. And I was like, all right, let's, uh, I'd, I'd be into checking this out and trying it. And he brought me up there for the first time. I met Johnny Glitter and Justin Glory. Johnny, Johnny Glitterzer. Johnny Glitterzer, yes. <laughs> Miss that man. And uh, Justin Glory, who I am still working for today. In fact, I will be doing a show of his on the 27th of April, pending everything goes well. And he, for uh, Backbreakers Entertainment. So he's still doing his thing and everything. And uh, I got suckered into the business and I officially debuted in May 20 to 2005. And it's just been a wild ride. I've met a lot of great friends and had a lot of great connections from it. And wrestling is now officially part of my blood. Like, it's not going anywhere. I'm in now. And it's it's not like the mafia. Once you're in, you're in. You ain't getting out. <laughs> All right. What about uh, Dan or uh, Jay? How, how did you guys get into wrestling? Uh, I'll go. Um, I watched a bit as a kid uh, here and there because, like, it's, that was, like, you know, Hogan era. So, like, everyone had seen a show here or there. Uh, but what really got me back in was I was watching a lot of mainstream sports and watching like ESPN and stuff and they were covering that Mike Tyson was on WWF TV doing stuff with this guy named Steve Austin and that got me to start watching like right after WrestleMania 14. 
Yeah, just saw a video about that that WWE shared the whole Austin's first title win and all that, and uh, he was saying how he kind of thought that the match itself sucked, but the overall, yeah, but that the overall, you know, how it pushed his career and whatnot was uh, obviously positive. <laughs> all right, and then Jay, how did you start uh, watching wrestling? Uh, well, it's actually two te- technically two different stories. My first exposure to wrestling was back in the 70s with the original Sheik. Okay. And then when I first started wrestling to enjoy it was long after that in 1989. So that's how far of an impact the original Sheik had on me. Okay. All right. So I started with the main event just before WrestleMania five. Wow. Uh, that's, a, that's a good WrestleMania to start with, too. Yeah. That's a great WrestleMania, actually. I think that my first, my first WrestleMania was uh, 1999, because that was, you know, like I said, I started watching in 98, and... Uh, you know, I started watching pay-per-views and stuff in 99. Yeah, I think, sadly, 99, which would have been 15, was my first, like, full WrestleMania. And in retrospect, that was, like, a really shitty WrestleMania to start with. Yeah, it is what it is. I never but... saw 2000 until recently. And then 17 and 18 were the first, like, full manias that I actually watched. And those were good. Okay. This, you know, the main focus of this show is, is like, music. And so I was kind of wondering, you know, how and if... The music in wrestling helped you guys to, to sort of maybe discover new artists or or also how you feel about the the impact of music in wrestling as far as, you know, the different, uh, you know, how a person's uh, entrance theme, pay-per-views, all, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, as far as, for example, a per- perfect example, I, I really enjoy, I know that... Uh, Sort of was over in the very first episode of the Jay Bunny's Music Hub podcast with uh, with Chris Babbitt, you know, when his band was tapped to record the entrance theme for Evan Bourne, and then the WWE ultimately didn't use uh, their version, but, you know, sort of found out through that interview how that whole process works, where or did, at least in the Jim Johnson era, where when they would bring in an outside artist, they would sort of already have the song written and then have the band just sort of record it and not really change it in any way, uh, you know, just sort of do it as it was already written, performed, etc. But I do really enjoy those types of uh, those songs when they have somebody from the outside come in. You know, like you get—I feel like you get a lot of good stuff that way. And then, and then one of my favorites has got to be—and I don't think he uses it anymore—Kane's uh, old theme from around the era when he was with Lita. But it was done by Finger Eleven. The this fire burns. Yeah. No. Well, no. This fire burns was that. That was a Kill Switch song. That was for. That was the name of the Kill Switch song. That. Oh, I meant. Uh, it's similar to that. Chemical. Uh, yeah. Chemical. Slow no, chemical. Slow chemical. Slow chemical. <laughs> Smooth. Um, Smooth <but> yeah. criminal. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy that song. Although I don't know. I'm not really sure. I would love to find out sort of the genesis of that song simply because typically, you know, when WWE has written a song and then has someone outside come in and perform it, they're usually not allowed to perform it outside of WWE and it usually doesn't get released outside of WWE. Whereas that song was actually released on the soundtrack to the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. So I'm not really Mm. sure sort of what, you know where that song came from, but I, I always really enjoyed that one. Uh, you know, just I thought Our Lady Peace was allowed to do the Benoit music outside, which of course they stopped playing. 
eventually. Uh, I'm not even oh, sure. Yeah. I don't even know if they're still a band anymore. I haven't even really heard of them since since that. Well, they are. Oh, I, I'd love to touch on uh, pay-per-view music for sure, because I actually went ahead and found a list somebody made on a website called the Smackdown Hotel dot com. And it lists every pay-per-view theme ever for WWE pay-per-views. Wow. So obviously there's the like the the generic themes that they use for Saturday night's main event and random WrestleMania songs. But the first like real song it looks like they ever used was uh, SummerSlam 98, which was Highway to Hell by ACDC. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Nice. And then, of course, they had their Jim Johnson originals like Rage in California. And then they use Sweet Home Alabama for Armageddon 2000. Uh, then they'll tell you if they use a production theme or for WrestleMania X7, My Way by Limp Bizkit, which I always thought was funny because that was like the big hit at the time. And, I'm, and you can also, if you scroll up and you go from the early 2000s to the the mid uh, 2010s, you can see where they were just like, let's stop using rock and metal and just start using pop bullshit. <laughs> Except for NXT, which somehow reverted to real good stuff. But I can tell you a couple of bands that I actually discovered thanks to WWE and actually started listening to them. All right. Uh, one I can tell you right off the bat would be Trust Company. Okay. I'd never heard them before until their Vengeance pay-per-view. They used their song Downfall, and I started listening to it. And then they used another Trust Company song, Falling Apart, for the 2003 Royal Rumble, which was a really good really good choice too and i was like man this is a really good band i started listening to them because of wwe um i had never heard of the band neurotica before discovered okay. them through wwe uh cold that's another good one uh remedy by cold i started listening to them i started listening to seven dust because of them and i mean some of these other bands i'd already known before because they were on the radio like obviously evanescence seven dust God, they really use St. Anger for a pay-per-view theme? That's just insulting. Uh, yeah, you know, that's. <laughs> I think that's the only song... Oh, that and Frantic, I think, are the only songs from that album that, that Metallica even acknowledges anymore. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that awful cover of Summertime Blues by Rush. That was a thing. But yeah, like, I've a lot of these bands I'd never heard of before, never heard anything by... But because they used them as a pay-per-view theme, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then, of course, there's the cases where, like, I knew the song, and then you'd hear it as the pay-per-view theme. Like, uh, No Mercy 2005, they were using Save Me by Shinedown, and I just discovered Shinedown around that time. So I got really excited that a band that I not only have heard of, but also really loved that song, was now being utilized. Same with when they would start using Disturbed music. You know, there was a rumor, I guess it never it never panned out, obviously, but there was a rumor at one point that Disturbed was going to record a new theme for Triple H. Like, in during when he was using the, the Motorhead song, when he, uh, you know, not maybe a year or two into using that song, you know, there was a rumor that Disturbed was going to record a new theme for him, but obviously that never came to Did be. Did somebody record one for him, but he only used it, like, one pay-per-view? Yeah, that's like a Dratting Pool version of... The Triple yeah. H theme that he used once. Well, I know, like one thing is that uh, through wrestling, I I found out that Skillet had broken out. Oh yeah, because yeah. I saw Skillet cool. in a little in a little uh, private Christian school's gymnasium one time. 
Yeah, we were mentioning the last time that Chris was on the show that they were they were a band that I had uh, been exposed to because of Pat. Because anything, you know, your former former uh, Club Cafe Wrestle Talk co-host Pat McDermott, um, anything that's that's Christian rock at all, um, he like like even even the old school early '90s POD when no one knew who the fuck they were and they were way more Christian yep. than they are now. Like he has all of that stuff. That was also POD when when, uh, when they're like, hey, why don't you guys do a, a version of Ray Mysterio's theme and play it live, and then we'll use the, the recording of that for his theme for the rest of forever. I was like, god damn. <laughs> but they had already made it big with that with that second big album with the with the freaking 9-11 song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Satellite, I think, was the was the yeah, record. That was the album, yeah. But yeah, I also really... I... <sighs> I, I kind of wonder. I, I think I'm, fa- I'm fairly certain that at least all of it is available on iTunes, if not anywhere else. But I'd really like to be able to find some of this stuff to uh, to legally purchase that with the WWE themes and, and whatnot that weren't available elsewhere. Perfect example. I really enjoyed that um, that theme after after um, the WWE version of ECW. You know, they used bodies for a while, and then they had that song, Don't Question My Heart, with Saliva featuring Brent Smith from Shinedown. I'd love to be able to, to find that song somewhere. Just because Wasn't that on one of the albums? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I sort of stopped buying the the, uh, the WWE, the music, you know, I think the last... After Volume 4. <laughs> no, I think I had up until... Uh... Six, I think, but you, you I, have the one with the rapey name. The one with the what? Forcible injury. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have that one. Yeah, no, I got, I got, I forcible entry. I really enjoyed reckless intent. I did not enjoy as much because it was not all rock. And oh, the, but God. I also one, have one where they all sing the songs. I, I, oh, uh, I put a little ass on it. Pat oh, had that. Again, Pat, yeah. Pat also, Pat would have been good to have on this show, uh, actually, because Pat has also has everything wrestling related, like, like not just the, the music albums and the collections and stuff, but like I borrowed John Cena's CD from him and I'm fairly certain that he, he bought a jingle with Jillian and all that stuff. Oh God. Does he have WrestleMania the album? Pro- I'm probably. <laughs> I have the the the, the uh, sleeve for that record, but not the record. It's empty. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> but that was uh, a fun and ridiculous CD. Which one? Uh, WrestleMania the album, where all the wrestlers are singing songs. Oh Much right, like right. Originals, but it's right, right. So I also had the, uh, and I don't remember. I just had it up here on my screen, and now I don't remember what it was called. Um, that album where it was all oh aggression where it was all before it was like the precursor to forcible entry and it was all rap themes like because that was back when when you know around the same time that i think you know early 2000s and that was when i was buying all of these things as they came out and that's the one with like run dmc doing dx where they talk about themselves more than they talk about dx yes yes and i don't know that most of this because now i have it up on my screen other than to promote the release of the album i don't really know that any of these got used that much if at all they used the they dx did. one for like the rest of that year um they had what ice tea do pimpinating oh, easy i think on that WrestleMania. yeah that i, I think remember. that was it but like some of these some of these rappers, I I 
I mean, I don't follow rap much, but I don't even know, like, like bad ass. I don't, I don't know who that is. Did the theme for the New Age Outlaws bad ass with technic or technique? I don't even know how you'd pronounce that. Bad ass Billy Gunn. I don't think he knows who he is anymore. Oh damn! You know that guy today, Post Malone. Ugh. The only thing I know about that guy is that he looks homeless. And he was on, Casey watches all these ghost hunting shows now, and he was on one of them. That's about all I know about that dude. I know his so name. Back, back then, would he have been considered pre-Malone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those guys now? Migos. All I know about Post Malone is he's meme fodder. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, man. What other sort of, you know... Uh, Chris, you sort of touched on it a bit, but, uh, you know, Dan and Jay, I was wondering, you know, if uh, has any music, any bands that you guys have seen do themes or do pay-per-views or do whatever, like, has that helped to, you know, sort of like, oh, that's cool. I, I think I want to listen to that band more. Like, has that happened with, with either of you guys at I, all? I've seen Killswitch Engage actually perform this Fire Burns live, and that was pretty freaking cool. I, I saw that, too, actually. The one time that uh, I one time I saw them. And it was right around the time that that song had come out, <laughs> and I remember they they weren't ready. To, they were uh, gonna do it a little later in the set, and their guitarist introed it early. And then someone else from the band was like, "No, no, we're not doing that." He's like, "Oh, uh, never mind." And then like two songs later, he's like, "Oh, so all right now, uh, now do you guys like wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> do you like the Wrestle Boys? I oh, should just play it anyway because it's a badass song." Yeah, yeah. It's funny that they, they originally recorded that for uh, Randy Orton. He used it once, one episode of SmackDown. Yeah. And it was Again, awful. Against Super Crazy of all people. Because I've actually looked he up did, the match to see the... He play. did all of his freaking uh, Burning My Light stuff. Like, all of his his pauses and his taunts and stuff were to that. <laughs> Sounds like they yeah. forgot to they forgot to reprogram Randy Orton. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things they've forgotten when it comes to Randy Orton. So like, it was just awful, and it was like I, I'm I'm like I bet you like they were, they were thinking of not playing it after he won. <laughs> it just did not fit. Well, I it guess really they did. forgot to flip the switch on his back from good to evil. <laughs> See, what's funny is how many times you could go back and look at an old album listing, but they would write songs for a certain wrestler. That wrestler would never use it, and then it would get recycled as somebody else's theme. Like, the Kelly Kelly theme was originally written for Candace Michelle. Because on the album that I have with that song on it, it's like, this is for Candace, and she literally never used it. Oh, and there was the um, Legs Like That was for uh, Stacy, but she left before they could use yeah, it, so they, so gave they just it gave it to Maria. Maria. And Real American was for uh, Barry Windham and uh, Mike Rotunda before it yes, was given Hulk Hogan. Yes, it was. And uh, good old U.S. Express. But they, uh, Ben Hogan's like, no, I'm all American, brother. I'm the red, yellow, and blue, dude. And then since the Patriot wasn't using his theme, they gave it to Kurt Angle. Yeah, I've, yes, seen, I've seen the whole thing of, like, recycled themes where they, like... I mean, they've even taken old themes and, like, uber-lyric them. Like, they gave... Dean Malenko's theme to Cesaro. They just lyriced it. They did. They used uh, the Brawl for All theme for Ezekiel Jackson. There was a whole list of those. That was pretty cool. But I like they, when they like just like a year later they used the "You're Not Enough for Me" for Michelle McCool. Oh yeah, it was, like, it was for Tori Wilson, 
and then they used it for Michelle McCool. Like and not then, even a year later. <laughs> so when they came back for the Royal Rumble, Michelle McCool came out to that, and Tori Wilson reverted to her old theme before that. Oh, uh, I, you gotta love how they do that. Well, I mean, hell, they used uh, Alicia Fox's current theme was originally for Maria Canellis when she was still doing the goofy gimmick. That was a that was a recycled theme. They recycled. Uh, oh, they recycled. Oh, freaking uh, Brodus Clay. They yeah, gave that theme to her. Yeah, Cat Miller. Yeah. Who used it for that one Rumble appearance? Hey, that's Tell you what, if you're true. gonna make one appearance in WWE, that is one the one to make. Hey, now he wrestled twice. They did the the redo Rumble the next night on SmackDown. He was the oh, first yes. one eliminated. The redo Rumble? Yeah, Paul Heyman did a 15 man Royal Rumble. That's how Eddie got his number one contender shot against Brock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because goddamn it, Raw won the Rumble and fuck Raw. See, I'm still just well, trying. I'm still trying to get Brodus Clay's "Somebody Call My Mama" out of my head. It's never Somebody gonna happen. Call my mama. <laughs> and you might not remember what... about that WrestleMania when Ollie's mama showed up. Yeah, I was about to talk about that. I don't you know that, talk that they about had that. originally cut that for time, but John Cena was like, "I gotta pee before my match, so do <laughs> yeah. the segment." Yeah, thanks, thanks, John. I had to sit through that. Thanks a lot, Dick. You can't see me, but you can see that. Oh, and how many, uh, I also loved when people would perform their own entrance themes. Like, I actually dig the John Cena entrance theme songs because it fits his character, too. But you got to love when, like, people are badly singing their own music, like Rob Conway. Like Shawn Michaels? <laughs> Which actually isn't terrible. What I always fu- found funny about Shawn Michaels' theme was that his heel theme was a girl telling him he's sexy, and his babyface theme was him telling himself he was sexy. I feel like that should have been opposite, but R.I.P. Sensational Sherry. Didn't didn't John Cena's cousin, if I'm not mistaken, do like some music for TNA? Do like Kurt Angle's theme or AJ Styles theme or something like that? That's possible. TNA actually did have some good music. I noticed that because you were mentioning before about lyricing songs. I noticed that they used to do that a lot. Like they'd they'd, they'd introduce somebody and they'd give them a theme and then like. The next set of tapings, the theme would have lyrics, whereas it didn't when the person first debuted. A lot of the times, they just kind of throw something on them until they can get a better feel for their character. That's a, it's actually a pretty common thing in wrestling, because I, I remember for a long time when new jobbers would debut, they always had the the recycled production theme that like other jobbers had used with that same theme. And then if they were like, oh, you're actually becoming a character, well, we'll give you something else to, we'll give you something else. Or then when they would use like recycled stock music, like the Hardy Boys theme, which is a stock song. Right. Well, so was just... uh, yeah. so was the uh, fucking Holly. Yeah, I was gonna say Hardcore Holly, Crash Holly. I remember hearing that song on like a Spike TV commercial or something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Same with the same with the Hardys. The NWO theme was originally something that they recycled. They just added all the NWO stuff to it. We 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 are in control. But then of course there's the Wolfpack theme, which is even better. No, didn't they use one of those somehow when when uh, like Kevin Nash was in was in TNA? So I know they were able to sort of like. like... Oh yeah, bow cha cha bow 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 cha cha bow bow. It was like yeah, it was like rip-off. it was like reversed or whatever. Yeah, and then Hogan used it something like that too. It was like, terrible. They like inverted the the scale or something like that. I know that then... when. Oh, go ahead. And then fans were complaining about the fact that WWE started ripping it off when they went back there. Yeah, well. Because fans are stupid. 
I think that wasn't Booker T's theme similar, if not the same, too, when he went to TNA. It was almost identical, actually. But you could be like Sabu, who I guess owns Hookah Blues, and he 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 has that theme song everywhere he's ever been. I hated Jeff Hardy's uh, or Jeff Hart, not Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam's TNA theme. Oh, F Joe. <laughs> you know that 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 the music video for that song has Rusev in it. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's like a. Uh, one like the the big scene in it is like Rob Van Dam beats up like ten dudes in the wrestling ring, and Rusev is one of the guys that he's beating up. No, That's did, amazing. I, I think I remember at the time somebody telling me that that was, you know, when I had commented at the time how awful that song was. I think somebody had said, "Oh, well, he uses that for his podcast, so that's why they're using it in TNA." Oh, he did oh. use it on his podcast. He did. And it's, I just it's, played it it's better. On, for... And it's I just so... played it on Ring Rust this week. Oh wow! <laughs> so much better as a podcast theme, dude. I, I you know I always got to give credit to Jeff Hardy for his TNA entrance theme because I've always wanted to look for what I thought was the worst entrance theme in history. And thank you, Jeff Hardy, for giving that to me. Yeah, I was going to say one modest or modest. Uh, okay, definitely didn't, modest. Didn't wasn't that his band that did his yes, theme? Pure oxygen. Pure oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> my dog. House. <laughs> Maybe uh, one person did all that. Uh, it was you, Matt. Road. You know, Matt Hardy never said he did all that. He just said, what if one person made all that happen? He never, never said he did it. Oh, man. So how's, uh, how, just because like I, I said at the top, and I know that, that Chris will, will uh, say that I like to point this out whenever possible. I don't really watch anymore. Is Jeff Hardy staying sober these days? Yeah, because he's in WWE. He doesn't have a choice. They it's, drug test. As far as we can tell? Question mark? I mean, he's still doing the really ridiculous, wacky face paint, which makes me think that there's still something wrong with him. But that could just be him at this point. Well, I think like, he's probably perma-high. Right, right. Point. I remember when I, I... I don't know if there's any truth to it, but I remember friends in high school telling me that supposedly after you've done acid a certain number of times a you're considered legally insane and b it just sort of never leaves your system sounds about right so i remember i remember this kid i went to high school with who was like a friend of a friend telling me that one time he cracked his neck and and that induced an acid flashback no there you go <laughs> it's in the in the bone um, i guess eventually right what was I going to just say about freaking Jeff Hardy? Oh, this is a, this is kind of a, an indie, like an indie complaint of mine. It's But it, it works better on indie shows when you're the baby face and you come out slapping hands with everybody because that establishes you're the baby face, especially to an audience who may not know you. There's no need for anybody in this mainstream company to immediately walk out, clap for themselves, and then immediately start slapping hands with everybody. That's such dumb pandering. <laughs> And you don't need to do that on a mainstream show, but Jeff Hardy does it all the time. Then again, before she turned heel, Ronda Rousey was doing it too. But Perhaps they're just really excited to be there. Well, I'm sure Jeff's excited about a lot of stuff. <laughs> also, if you're a, a, a female wrestler trying to get over as a heel, don't tell the fans to kiss your ass. Yeah, yeah. That's cause... how Paige tried to get heel heat in her indie days. <laughs> Sounds good to yeah. I still haven't Kiss seen. I was like, okay. kissing your ass is the is the lowest thing on the totem pole. 
I still haven't seen uh, the movie about Paige and her family. I, I saw the original documentary, but I haven't seen the movie yet. It's excellent. So, uh, I believe this year, you guys just mentioned Ronda Rousey. I believe that this year at WrestleMania, the, the live performance is uh, Joan Jett uh, yep. playing Ronda the Ring. Are there any other uh, musical guests booked? or? That's funny you mentioned that. There's a I, rumor that came out today. <laughs> I, I just saw this news, actually, before we started recording, that apparently, hashtag apparently, they <laughs> wanted to book Flo Rida again. Oh, God. And he couldn't do no, it. It gets better. He, he couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts. So his people asked WWE if they could move the date of WrestleMania to accommodate him. And they said no. <laughs> Shockingly, they said no. Oh, it was move the date? I thought it was like actually like, hey, why don't you like come closer to Florida? <laughs> oh, that would have been even better. Hey, can you just uh, can you move your venue to uh... to Miami? <laughs> You know, it's that's that's not. I mean, for wrestling, that's unheard of. But you know, that's not entirely unheard of. You know, there was that uh, UFC a couple months back that they moved it to a completely. They moved it from Vegas to California because yep. John Jones couldn't get licensed to fight in Vegas, and so they just moved the whole fucking pay per view. Oh, uh, that was in ridiculous. like a week. Yeah. Or what about when Raw was going to be in Denver? But LOL, the Denver Nuggets were still in the playoffs. Oh yeah, and Vince went. Vince did that whole thing against the the Nuggets coach. Yeah, and the the owner Enos. Oh, that was the epitome. That was the epitome of pettiness. So they went to L.A. Who the who the Denver Nuggets were playing, and they had that stupid Nuggets versus Lakers match, and that and and then Mr. Anderson got fired. Oh, that's right. That's where he hurt Orton. He we never saw hurt him again. Orton. Because Orton was cried like, about dangerous. I'll go to the papers. <laughs> I'll go to the papers if I have to. Line. Line. <laughs> to uh, be line. Is at, least Ra- at least Randy Orton has good entrance themes because I don't like anything else about him. I like his tattoos. Through a good dropkick. He was always a good dropkick. His tattoos are good now because he doesn't look like a creator wrestler that some kid just threw together. Remember when he was starting to cobble them and then he realized maybe I should just get this done while I have off time and then come back with the sleeves. What's funny is is I remember they had an interview segment, you know, long before they had this show that I don't know if it still exists. They had the show with Corey Graves where he would talk to wrestlers about their tattoos like long before that. They had like a interview segment on on dot com where they would talk to wrestlers about their tattoos, and I remember it was before Randy had the sleeves, and one of the questions was, "Are you gonna get any more?" And he was like, "No, nah, I'm probably done." And <laughs> and then like you know he goes away oh. and comes back with these sleeves. I was like, "I thought you were done, dude." I wish he was done, but that's a different story. Damn. Long I'm not just. Done. I'm done just done. kidding. <laughs> so yeah. Um... I don't want to like, I know we're on kind of a rant right now, which is fun, but there is a topic evolving with entrance themes that I want to talk about. And I think the three of you will agree with me because, uh, well, Dan, I know you've never been to an indie show before. Uh, Cantwell, I'm sure you've been to your fair share of shows yeah, in I've your been life. Yeah, I've and have been in indie shows. Yes. And of course, Jason, I know you've been to indie shows because I've literally been there with you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, I know yeah. you've been there. They took our jobs. 
I think no, I, I think I think my favorite was still when I was trying to do the sound check at the GSW show, and I had the speakers go make a really loud, annoying static noise. Everybody screamed, and all I heard was "Oh my leg!" <laughs> <laughs> Which is an in joke we've had for how many years now? Um. Fuck, a long time. 20 man. of your 21 years? You well, yeah, I mean, it was a reference back to Mortal Kombat 4, where they, they, which, you know, in Mortal Kombat 11 is on its way out, so to sort of give you an idea of how long it's been. Fuck, we're old. <laughs> back, in, back in MK4, uh, they had pre-programmed in a bunch of responses, and one of them was, ah, my leg! But like they would they would go off randomly, so sometimes you'd punch someone in the face and they'd go, Ah, my leg. That's like I think I swallowed my tongue ring. <laughs> yes. What was when that? you were fighting Thrasher and like attitude. <laughs> I, was say, was that... I wasn't sure if that was attitude or warzone. It was yeah, it was either warzone or attitude. One of the those first two. I think I swallowed my tongue ring. Yeah, I think it was attitude. I feel like that's sort of the way that uh video game i mean especially the wrestling games i kind of feel like that's they can only do so much even with the when they do like the the live commentary and stuff they can only make it work so much you know so it always kind of seems a little bit out of place and a little bit forced oh yeah i've noticed that lots of times but uh uh one thing and again here's the rant because now back to my original point yeah let's go <laughs> well this is a, no, this take is a, a shot thing. this is a big thing for indie wrestling um the entrance song that you pick for your character means everything because people don't know you. Like if, if I'm holding a show right now here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, let's, uh, which I've uh, oh, actually been pop. exactly <laughs> right. I've here. actually been considering, considering just doing like a one-off show just because national pro wrestling day got some hype back into the city. But like all the people I know who are workers are either from NEPA Nepa, Northeast Pennsylvania, or they're from Nepa. Jersey, or they're from completely out of state. I don't really know any real workers in this area. Everybody I know I've worked with are people I've made Adam other connections Cole, with. Baby, but he might be busy. <laughs> I I think he's already booked. <laughs> the only the only Lancaster area person I know is Mandy Leon, and I'm pretty sure that she would be booked because. She now that she's gotten uh, some mainstream attention, the old hometown girl. Now she's gotten mainstream attention, so she's actually like busy. But everybody I would book would be people that nobody knows. So you got to choose an entrance theme that's gonna fit your character and sound correct. And I have worked with a couple of people who just pick the stupidest stuff I've ever heard to well, come I out like to. That song, yeah, but it doesn't fit you at all, bitch. <sighs> and. Uh, Cornette told this great story of uh, he was working with um, uh, Russ Kula, Kulug, something like that. Dan, you might have heard this story because I know you've listened to some Cornette stuff. Where this guy, Russ, was supposed to wrestle Leviathan at an OVW show. Leviathan being Batista. And, you know, Leviathan was the uber heel that they had at the time because he's super jacked and all this other stuff. And he had cool music and everything. And he looked demonic. And he said... This Russ McCullough guy, that's it, Russ McCullough. The dude didn't, if, if you actually look at a picture of him, the dude has like no muscle tone whatsoever. So he just looks like a big, tall, out of place guy with like a, a like a pseudo mullet. And he insisted on using some entrance song 
that basically made him heal, even though he was supposed to be the baby face in the story. And they were working a show where they were out of the Ohio area, like doing a Kentucky show. So people wouldn't know who he was. And he insisted on using this music. So when he came out, because he didn't look like much and his music was like a very slow paced, heavy guitar riff, everybody started booing him. Then he gets on the microphone and cuts a promo on them and went even healer. <laughs> so Cornette's flipping his shit. So he looks at Batista and goes, all right, you're the baby face. Go out there, kick the shit out of him, pin him. He gets no offense. <laughs> so, of course, when Batista comes out, even though he's supposed to be the heel, because he looks so freaking intimidating, the place went apeshit for him. And, of course, Batista starts wailing on the guy and the whole time he's like, Corny told me to do this and then just fucking knocks his ass out and refused to let him up. Kind of like what Sting did to Jeff Hardy. Just pinned his ass down. I agree. I agree. So, of course, when McCullough comes back, Cornette, of course, gives him the whole, if I tell you to cut a promo, cut a promo. If I tell you not to, don't touch the fucking microphone. <laughs> but because he picked such a dumb entrance song, which didn't fit his character, what did everybody assume? He was the heel. You can't blame them for that. And again, that also comes with the fact that a lot of indie shows will usually have the heel go out first, which is the general way to do it. But I've been to indie shows where the babyface came out first, and that's where the slap and hands things would come into place. Because even if the music is upbeat and tempo, you don't always know you're supposed to root for the guy. But if he starts slapping hands with the fans, you know he's the babyface. Didn't TNA used to do the thing where they would have like different... Entrances yep. for the heels and the faces. Entrances on the opposite sides. Yep. That was actually a classic territorial thing to do. The baby faces and heels would come out from a, a different locker room. Hmm. They went the full the full deal with the two entrances, which I actually thought was a good idea. That's a good idea, by the way, because it's also a bad idea because the wrestlers can't talk through the match before the match because <laughs> they're on opposite using, sides yeah. of the building. Is that when they were using the light up tubes. Yep. The entrance tubes. They just shoot them out. They're on opposite sides of the building. The entrance tubes, yeah. But uh, to keep on topic, I want to talk about some of the, the great indie songs that I've heard used. So you guys, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, Jason. You might be because you've got a, your your hand on the, the pulse of indie wrestling. The Killer Steve's tag team from upstate New York. Steve McKenzie and... Steve Cruz, yes. Studley Steve McKenzie and Mr. One Night Stand Steve Cruz. So they came out to a Ween song called I Want to Lick Your Pussy. <laughs> so they were clearly the good guys. <laughs> oh, well, they absolutely. want to. They're not, they're not forcing it. They're just I, saying, I hey, was... this is a thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Let me lick your pussy. I was close. Uh, it was the, uh, the Ween song. But what their gimmick was that they were ladies' men. But they had just enough innuendo to make you question if they were actually homosexual. It was a brilliant gimmick because it was. Gay duo. That was it. That, that was the best part about it. Was it was all subtle, and by the time their match was done, you're like, "Are those guys actually into the ladies, or do they do the other thing?" Do they like man puss instead? But that's what I always loved about that gimmick. They were also uh, key factors in my – and the only time this would ever work would be an indie show where the guy gets his trunks pulled down and he starts wrestling with his ass hanging out for the whole match. Oh, shit, you were at that show now that I think about it. Oh. That's an old Joey Ryan spot, and then he'd end up sitting on the crowd's lap with his ass out. That's before he realized his dickhead powers. He put his you know, ass they, powers. 
you know, they would they would uh, they would headbutt into each other's crotches and a, a lot a lot of the gay innuendo. But that's what made their character work. Joey Image is a proponent of this. He always said he always liked entrance themes on indie shows that didn't have lyrics. And he made a pretty conscious effort to try to avoid that. He's, uh, in fact, what he used to do, he used to rip music off of, like, the, the DVD of a G.I. Joe DVD. Like, the, the music playing over the menu screen. He would rip that and use that for entrance music. Because, as he said, well, nobody else would be using it. I didn't have to worry about duplicating a song on a show. Huh, that was pretty- another thing. Uh, you always wanted to have backup themes, and you didn't want to duplicate someone else because that was like I remember when Coheed and Cambria released "Welcome Home," and a whole bunch of indie guys were trying to use that as their entrance themes. And I remember five guys tried to use that song at the same show. And I remember we used to we used to check all the music. We'd obviously test everything beforehand, but if anything duplicated, we had to have people switch it. And I remember at a show, we actually had to have two guys sit down and be like, look, you guys both want to use this song. This isn't going to work. We need you to choose something different. And uh, fortunately, one of them was very, very nice about switching. He's like, oh, no problem. I didn't realize that. The other guy was like, oh, that guy clearly hasn't made it because you've probably never heard of him. (laughs) In fact, I don't remember his name. So that makes it work (laughs) better. That guy's name? Big Cass. No, I never worked with Big Cass. Or Big C, as he's known now, because he wants to be immediately thought of as cancer or a cunt. Well, it's not a fully inaccurate thing. A cancerous cunt? (laughs) So I'm just looking up now. I don't know if it came out yet. I don't know if any of you guys saw it. Um, But uh, I had posted in the uh, Club Kayfabe group a couple weeks ago. When I saw uh, all that remains was was performing, they were they were on tour with In Flames, and uh, and uh, for a former WWE wrestler, formerly known as uh, Enzo Amore, now just Enzo, I believe, introduced them and apparently was in their new music video. But I don't know if it's come out yet. Hey, speaking of In Flames, Cloud Connected is the entrance song of Matt Turner. Ooh. In fact, I think I told you this the last time I was on your show. That's how I discovered In Flames. Because in 2005, he was coming out to an In Flames song, and I was like, this band sounds kick-ass. I want to hear more of them. Oh, that's a good discovery song. That's how I discovered Manowar. Nice. Uh, what was his name? Zachary Springate III. He was um, he wrestles uh, 2CW, Squared Circle Wrestling. He's actually one of their chairmen. Um, he, he did a couple of shows with us with World Star Wrestling. And he came out to the Manowar song "The Crown in the Ring." I love Manowar. Apparently, Joey Image uh, used to was in a was in a band that toured with or was affiliated somehow with a band that toured with them at one point. Joe's got a lot of connections to the music industry too, so I wouldn't be surprised by that. He's got connections. Uh, also, like AEW is getting in on it. Like Downstate is doing Britt Baker's theme. Oh yeah, I, they did. Uh, didn't they do Ziggler's theme? They did some stuff. I know that. Downstate did. Wasn't that the Miz? Yeah, yeah. What's crazy is I'd never heard. They, 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 they were one of those bands that I had never heard of before they started doing wrestling themes. And I think they did the Miz, and then and then um, when Alex Riley was with the Miz, I think they might have done his theme as well. Um, yeah, I they looked, did the Miz. I looked them up. Zack Riders too. I looked them up on on uh, I believe it was MySpace at the time when they first uh, started doing the Mrs. theme. I I didn't 
I didn't personally find anything of theirs that I was that into beyond the wrestling themes, but, you know, they, they were a band that never would have shown up on my radar at all if not for WWE. And That's I'm... actually pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that that goes for, for you know, quite a few bands, that, uh, you know, between, especially, as, again, for me, the, the like, compilation albums of all, like, rock songs, Reckless Intent and Forcible Entry, those were, those were sort of my focus. Although, I gotta say, I did just, just for, for shits and giggles, I went onto Amazon and went to the, their digital music store and just typed in WWE just to see what comes up. And apparently, over the course of the last couple of years, they, they released a, a series of compilation albums of, like, themes yeah, you know, I noticed that because I went to their page on Spotify and they have like uncaged like yeah. one through seven right now. And it's all and a lot of it is stuff you would expect. But then they have like jobber themes like they released the Blue Brothers themes from 1995 and like one of the Mountie themes. And my personal favorite on Uncaged 7, they released a song from 2003. The title of the song is called Bago Road. It was <laughs> It was used by me, Nathan Jones. <laughs> hello, hello, Taiki. Care for a glass of milk? <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of wrestling themes on Spotify, actually. Some Ring of Honor as well. Yeah, Ring of Honor has stuff on Spotify, too. Uh, I think even T... Hold on, I'm on my Spotify right now. Yeah, TNA Wrestling has some Spotify stuff. You can listen to uh, Gold Medal, uh, I Am, which was... Kurt Angle and AJ Styles, of course, Samoa Joe's theme, which is just, which is almost identical to his WWE one, except it's an original beat instead of just the Godzilla rift. I don't, I didn't catch Samoa Joe's theme sort of, I don't know if he's using the same one he used when I, I mean, has his theme changed at all or? He's only had two in WWE. He had like, he had like kind of like an island beat type theme when he first came in and then they changed it to his more hard hitting one when he turned heel. Yeah, that's the one that I was thinking. Was that weird? Is that weird? It was sort of, it was like a weird combination between islandy and rap, and I just didn't. I wasn't. That didn't sit well with me. I didn't, I didn't feel like the that. Champ really is here. <laughs> Wait, isn't that John Cena? <laughs> it was his, it was ROH music when he was like ROH champ for like a year and a half. The champ is here. I can never get. In, I, 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 and I think I might have mentioned this one time when I was on uh, the Club Kayfabe. I tried to watch when they first started putting Ring of Honor on uh, what channel was it? Access TV. Oh, yeah, back it, when it was HDNet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I we didn't have that, or I didn't have cable at that point. But I was recording it at my parents' house, and I tried to watch it, and was just bored out of my mind. That show was not very good. <laughs> they had very, very bad. Their production's much better now. Not that there still isn't like lots of room for improvement. They also had a problem with like airing shit four months ap- after the fact. Right, right. And now they're on two apps. Good. Isn't uh, TNA or Impact or whatever you want to call them these days? Aren't they uh, basically getting more more eyeballs by by streaming through Twitch than their actual TV deal? <laughs> Yeah, actually, yes, they are. They're they're actually kicking ass on Twitch. It's a they're doing very well on Twitch, and so is AAA in Mexico. Also, if you go to uh, WWE's page, they also release. Uh, you can also check out CFO Dollar Sign on Spotify and see all the stuff that they've got. Officially, yeah, I... they are the CFOs, though. 
but we I, like saying dollar sign. Oh, is I was never sure how to pronounce that or what. No, they had like a, a video a year or two ago where they finally introduced themselves and showed part of their process, and they're like, "We're the CFOs." Now it's funny. I heard a I heard a really dumb complaint about them. They're like, "Oh, all they do is release the same song for every single person," and I'm like, first of all, they don't. Second of all. Jim Johnston near the end, a lot of his original stuff was sounding way too similar. So I think that's an unfair criticism. And Johnston's well, brilliant, so. I downloaded some of their music, some of the, the CFO dollar sign stuff. Uh, I, I can't call it anything else. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're CFO dollar sign to me. Because, you know, every year we have like a big family birthday party for, for my older son, Nick. And I we've had this running playlist for years and then we just sort of anytime that something you know because like my parents are here and my dad hates my music and stuff i have to kind of scale it back from what i would normally put on there but every year we add more stuff and uh the one year i wound up downloading uh i downloaded finn balor's theme and good choice uh nakamura's theme i don't know if i downloaded bobby Roode or not but there was like a handful of them that I liked and Nick liked, and I was like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll, I bought them on Amazon and downloaded them and added them to the playlist, and they just, you know, they play at his birthday parties now. <laughs> did you download Bailey's theme? I did not. Oh. I did not. Sorry, I gotta go unfriend somebody. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through this Amazon still. What's funny is I'm like, I don't, I don't know how they, they compile the results, because, like, these uncaged are showing up out of order. And then, like, after them is, like, an NXT guy that I've never heard of named Keith Lee. Yep. Limitless Keith Lee. He was a big indie signing of theirs. I suppose. Both definitions. <laughs> he Take is a in. large black man. <laughs> Just your type. <laughs> oh, please not get into that now. We were doing so well avoiding that. <laughs> I'm just still. Oh, there is a. Speaking of Bailey's theme, here it is on my screen now. San, sandwiched between Johnny Gargano and Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Well, that's an interesting sandwich. An interesting murder sandwich. Well, then, and then you scroll down a little bit, and I then like, you have, like. and then you have someone I've uh, someone else I've never heard of that it looks like is from NXT, named Candice LeRae, sandwiched between that's, Super. That's Johnny Gargano's and... wife. So Proving she's once again you don't watch wrestling, right? Right. So she's she's in between someone who's known Candice LeRae for like ten years. <laughs> yeah, she's a she was a big name on the indies too. So she's she's in between Snuka and Roman Reigns. Ooh <laughs> And she turns the world on with her smile. Oh, uh, this could be fun. Just just find a list of wrestlers and see how many of them Shin knows. <laughs> it's like the, who he play for on the first night of, of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Where they ask Charles Barkley who a random player plays for now, and he never gets it right. That's awesome. Good, lucky DDP here in between Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. Oh, <laughs> bang! <laughs> so, so, um, I, I'd like to pose a question to the group. Okay. All right, and take take a minute to think about it because I'll I'll start with mine. What is your all-time favorite entrance theme used by a used by a wrestler? I, I absolutely I know, know mine. Yeah, I absolutely know mine. 
Um, and it's it has and always will be Hitman, the Bret Hart theme. I always thought that was just the coolest entrance theme ever. It was just as it's a great guitar sound. It's noticeable. It's got it's got what I always like for an entrance theme. It's got an opening rift, like that sound effect to get you into the like it's as iconic to me as uh, the glass shattering for Steve Austin or if you smell, you know what I mean? Like you knew it was Bret Hart because you heard it. And I always I mean, I didn't even mind the new version they came up with when he did his return run in the 2010s but man i the the classic the original one not the original heart foundation one the one where he went solo and they kind of redid it a little bit i always thought that was the best entrance scene they ever used the one with that high guitar at the beginning right that's the one yeah not not nothing against the original heart foundation one because that that was still a cool theme too but the the high guitar version it it was more in depth it was like the the heart foundation one was just a repeating riff the whole time but this one every time Every time it repeats, they do something different with the guitar, which I always thought was really cool. So I'll throw it to you guys. Who wants to go next? Favorite theme of all time. I got mine. It's actually done by an outside person that did actually a couple of themes for them. But it would be Rick Derringer doing Demolition. Ah, uh, yes. I love the Demolition theme, too. That's a great freaking theme. I think that my answer might change if I had time to, like, research, but the only thing that popped into my head the second you posed the question was Mick Foley's theme with the, with the car crash at the beginning. Oh, right. Johnny Toxic's theme. Is that That's Johnny a, Toxic's theme? And then the claps. Because of the car crash. Oh. <laughs> That's an old reference. Were you at that show when we did that to him after he had, his, after he had that freaking car accident where I... we, we ribbed him? We, we remixed... Uh, he, we 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 gave him like the first like ten seconds of his real entrance theme, and then we remixed in the car crash noise, and then cut it to "Toxic" by Britney Spears. <laughs> no, that's I just a rib on him. Hey, to his credit, he rolled with it. He just kind of smiled and looked at me because he knew I was in on it, and do just do started do rolling do with do. it. I just remember one of one of the shows after the accident where I. Just, just being a loud mouth and just sort of heckling in a fun way. Uh, he was having a match, and I yelled, D- uh, "Toxic, do to him what you did to your car!" And his mom was on the other side of the that... room and started like yelling at me. That was the best, dude. I was, I try to maintain composure as the ring announcer at ringside, but I lost it when that happened because. <laughs> You made me laugh, and then her firing back made me laugh even harder. And I'm like, God damn, I hate you all. <laughs> Although, do you remember when he came out as the intoxicating heartthrob and came out to that freaking... Oh, God, I don't remember the name of the song. Do you want my body? Do you think I'm sexy? Come on, oh, baby, yeah, yeah, let me know. <laughs> yeah, that. It was like a remix with Justin Timberlake involved. And he came out to that, and he did the worst dance ever. <laughs> well, he got, body, in, he got in the ring. And he was just doing this weird ass dance with his hands in the air, and he's l- making eye contact with me because he was he was there to cut a promo, and I'm just holding the microphone, and I just started laughing and just gave him the microphone and got out of the ring. I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Not the best looking man. Well, according to him, he was, but yeah. Then again, if you're gonna play like the world's sexiest man, you either need to be that sexy or be that not sexy, opposite, which is what made it so great. But yeah, that was uh. That was a good one. All right, so Mick Foley's theme. Well, that's a good one, though. 
Yeah, that's a, that's I mean, a good choice. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure it has to do with the content of the music itself, but I, I think that it probably also has to do with the fact that, you know, he's always been one of my favorite wrestlers. Well, it's like what you said. You went with the first theme that came in your head, and whenever anybody used to pose that question for, to me, it was always Bret Hart or Real American. Those were always my two favorites. Not American made. Uh, that would go in the opposite pile, which it was going to be the next question I was going to pose. American well, you, what's, you know, it's funny. Uh, speaking of real American, uh, is that because of because of sort of when I started watching wrestling, I was not really familiar with the fact that uh, that that was the theme that Stone Cold or not Stone Cold Hello that uh, Hulk Hogan had used. And so I remember at one point, you know, around the time I started that watching was the Stooges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when they were using it, and I was like, okay. And then, and then when Hogan came back and came out to the same song, I was confused. <laughs> Wait, this is Stooges. So, uh, so Cantwell, what about you? What's your favorite uh, theme? Uh, I think I flip flop between Chris Jericho and Bobby Roode. Okay. Depending. Yeah, on do you day. mean do you mean Glorious Domination or beer, the Beer Money Inc. theme? Uh, Glorious Domination. That's... And when you say Chris Jericho, do you uh, mean whatever Fozzie song he's coming out to now? No, Break Down to Walls. Now, uh, which which of the five versions of that song? <laughs> well, not the one with the meow in it. Yeah, okay. So his original. <laughs> there was one with a meow? <laughs> That's the, the more recent one. Oh, okay. Right. That had like an extra really annoying guitar thing in it. For uh, no reason, except I guess they was... thought there was empty. With countdown or without countdown? It was the Super Troopers remix. Meow. <laughs> How you like meow? The one from Volume Four. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> also, big shout out to Danger at the Door, D'Lo Brown. Dude, that's oh, that's all, one of my all-time favorite. You're living in a wheelchair now. <laughs> Damn. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> Awful. Well, that song's ruined for me. Thanks a lot, Dan. <laughs> Never listen to that song again. You yeah, haven't heard that before. <laughs> I guess we're canceled from Stitcher again. <laughs> All right, here, here's another, uh, well, other, otherwise, other themes, because I, I actually brought up the blog I wrote about this years and years ago. I was always a fan of the Four Horsemen theme. Yeah. Because it had, like, again, guitar riffs. That's what I enjoy. The Wolfpack theme, which I already mentioned, which I thought was kick-ass. Even though the Wolfpack itself was booty. Yeah, that goes with the whole, uh, I, I have a couple of questions to pose to you guys, but that was one of my, who's who's a wrestler or stable or tag team that you didn't care for, but you thought their theme was really cool. That would be the Wolfpack, number one. But before we get into that, I also want to give shout-out to The Undertaker has always had cool themes. Always? Uh, the Undertaker, as The Undertaker has always had cool themes. Okay. You better not argue or you're going to pay. He was oh, called I, The Undertaker scenes, then, too. Yeah, but those, <laughs> scenes, were, those scenes were kind of crappy. No, you're going to uh, pay. You're gonna pay. The, the Dead Man Rest in Peace riff that he uses now and the Ministry themes that he used to come out to. I think the Ministry theme was badass. The one with the big screeching guitar, man. With all the Gregorian chanting and. The chanting, yeah. Uh, Gangrel, Gold Dust. All, always use but not the as... artist formerly known as Golda. Oh, that horrible techno remix? Yeah, Gang, no. Gang Growl is a yep. trademark of White Wolf Entertainment. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, I always like D-Lo. And a lot of the new music they come out with now, I mean, they're they're really... I think they're 
they've got some real kick-ass music between Finn Balor, uh, Sasha Banks, Bobby Roode. Um, they gave a freaking great theme to Ember Moon. Asuka's got a really kick-ass theme. Freaking Alistair Black and Ricochet both have kick-ass themes. Dude, Shinsuke and, got a remix like super quick and it's still fire. Yeah. And it's, it's just an angry Japanese guy screaming at me. He's yelling King of Strong Style in your face. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm really, I'm really hoping that at some point uh, Punishment Martinez gets to use uh, music by The Silencer. I think that'd be pretty kick-ass. Uh, yes, the, the Baron Corbin of NXT. By the way, I hate that it I like Baron that Corbin's that theme. Oh, do you know he got Slash too? He's just Corbin now? Oh, yeah. He's just Corbin. He's just Corbin. Just Corbin. All right, like, so here's... Like, like just Joe? No, not definitely not. <laughs> Dude, I missed like two episodes of Raw one one year, and that was his entire run. And I'm like, God yeah, damn it, Joey Legend was on WWE TV, and I fucking missed it? <laughs> he was, and he also wasn't. And yet we remember it. We do. That's the sad part. Sh- it's because he's Joey Legend, brother. It's one of those oh. things. WWE, you know, are they notorious that management or, or whatever of of uh, thinking that fans don't have much of an attention span or memory? All right, exactly. I got this great idea. I got this great idea for a gimmick. He's an undead zombie who's controlled by the power of a magic urn. Holy shit, he's still <laughs> doing it. Freaking act ever. He's still doing it. And we're well, gonna I'm have it managed by Brother Love, and it worked, and it's still it's still happening. The longest-lived right. WrestleCraft gimmick. It's not a WrestleCraft gimmick, though. It's no, the literally longest... anybody else besides that ginger fuck. <laughs> I would that be... would be a good research. What the longest-lived WrestleCraft gimmick was? I think it might have been freaking uh, Jimmy Jack Funk. Actually, Jimmy Jack Funk was around forever, and nobody gave a damn. I don't think I know who that is. Exactly. It's a fake funk brother. <laughs> he was a fake funk brother with a Lone Ranger mask, and he became the ultimate undercard guy. He was like the ultimate card opener. And Terry and Dory were long gone from the company, but Jimmy Jack was still there. All right. So here, how about uh, real songs that have been used in mainstream wrestling? For example, Cult of Personality for CM Punk. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some great examples you can think of there? I don't know if it's a great... Oh, go ahead, Jay. Two uh, two Evanescent songs were used, Bring Me to Life and uh, My Immortal. Who came out to those? Uh, well, My Immortal was the, uh, the tribute song for Classy Freddy Blassie. Oh, I was thinking more of uh, entrance themes, but oh. yeah, I, I do I mean, remember. If you talk those. TNA, there's lots of rip-offs. Like, they used to Evanescent's rip-off for Christian. Um, oh, yeah. I, I remember. I remember. <laughs> um... I enjoy the song. I don't know if it's the best example, but it's been used into the fucking ground. Uh, Bodies by Drowning Pool. Yes, yeah, it has. As far as entrance themes goes, uh, Edge has had two great ones. He's had his current one, Meddling Us, from Alter Bridge. Madurango. <laughs> and yeah, and Rob Zombie, which kicked ass. I gotta say, that, that song single-handedly got me into Alter Bridge. I didn't, I, I didn't really... When they first came out, because I hated Creed, I did it was really... literally just Creed without Scott Stapp, and they don't yeah. sound anything like Creed at all. Right, and but so like when the first album came out, I, I tried to give. I, I feel like I tried to give it a shot and didn't really, at at first listen, didn't really enjoy it. But then I heard that song and I was like, oh man, like 
And that's still one of their heavier songs. You know, they're like five five albums in at this point. So you didn't greet it with arms wide open? (laughs) Oh, God. With arms wide open. Dude, what's the worst is that I wound up going to a I wound up going to a concert to try and interview members of Adelita's Way and Drowning Pool for this show. I, I didn't end up actually uh, being able to do either of the interviews that day, but I was still able to get into the concert. And the headlining act was Scott Stapp solo. <laughs> That's fucking... unfortunate. Yeah, I I, I left the room. <laughs> Because I've I've never been a fan, but 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 Alter Bridge, man, I fucking but, love those guys. But Jason, I greeted you with arms wide open. <laughs> well, that's just gonna have to be my sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, uh, sort of back back on the subject. Scott Staff offer you a joint and say it can take you higher. <laughs> say can that you? again. Did Scott Staff offer you a joint because it could take him higher? Oh God. I think he's trying to stay sober these days, because and then, like, and, and then he's all like water, water. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't even look like himself anymore. Well, did you guys hear he had gotten? He was um he was in this other band for a little while called Art of Anarchy. They were this sort of supergroup that uh, when they first got together, uh, their lead singer was Scott Weiland, and then he died. And they replaced him with with Scott Spoilers. Stapp. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoilers. <laughs> uh, but they replaced him with Scott Stapp for the second record, and uh, and he was actually still in that band at the time of the show that I went to that he was headlining, and he actually got kicked out of Art of Anarchy and is being sued by them because they had said that he was uh, giving more attention to his solo career and and not paying any attention to his commitments to the band art of anarchy and they wound up getting like dropped by their record label because he would like never fucking tour with them or anything nice justin bieber got kicked out of disney for being an asshole so for being justin bieber (laughs) basically we're trying to get him kicked out of canada oh god i saw i didn't read the article but i saw a headline on yahoo i think like yesterday, and I don't know why this was showing up in my Yahoo feed, but said, uh, well, Justin... why you have a Yahoo feed? <laughs> I, 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 I go there for news. I, what can I say? But the headline was, uh, You're sorry, <laughs> Justin Bieber is ready to be a father and is leaving the timing in the hands of God. Hmm, he probably already is a father. <laughs> I can come up with at least 12 things wrong with that headline. <laughs> there were less with thou shalt not. There were less than twelve words in that headline. Well, it's Bieber. It's not. Po- it is possible. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Are we still I, on impact? I don't <laughs> know. Real songs, I think. Oh yes, yes, fans. yes. Real songs that people have used. There, there aren't that many examples, sadly. But because Vince, Vince, very ironically hates using real music because he doesn't want to pay the licensing fees. But uh, he's, I mean, he's got Ronda Rousey coming out to Joan Jett, so there, the exceptions can be made. Like, that's one of those things that can't be avoided. I mean, that was her, they're, they're sort of, I don't want to say that they're riding the coattails of her of her UFC career, but, like, that's where everyone knows her from, and that was always the theme she used there, so. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you you can say whatever you want about her UFC career, but that's what she's famous for, like, 
it, it, it wouldn't make sense to not acknowledge it. Right. Whereas like Brock Lesnar, he was in WWE first, so they don't, and you know, they don't necessarily have to like in, in UFC, Brock Lesnar usually uses inner Sandman. Uh, but you know. can't use that in wrestling. Someone else already has got the drop on that. Well, Which he didn't even get to use in WWE anyway. They could use the Motorhead version from they ECW used, Extreme Music. Uh, my favorite was, uh, well, ECW is where you got a lot of the quote-unquote real music because that's just how they were able to do it. And that's where, I mean, Enter Sandman became iconic there. But I loved how uh, Tommy Dreamer came out to Man in the Box mm-hmm. from Alice in Chains. Uh, Raven came out to Come Out and Play by The Offspring, which was a great entrance music. Um, RVD came out to Walk by Pantera. Love that song. Did you ever hear... They did, and I don't know if he w- he ever used it, but I believe he was supposed to at one point use the Avenged Sevenfold cover of that song. Um, maybe? That was from one of the albums, wasn't it? Well, they had recorded it... F- I don't remember why they recorded it, but it wound up on a, uh, on a Pantera, like, tribute album that was released by Kerrang! magazine in the UK. But I believe I had read somewhere that the original reason it was recorded was so that RVD could use it, but it didn't end up happening. Hmm. That is interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. More importantly, Public Enemy came out to Here Comes the Hot Stepper. All right. So I found this random random list of the top 50 North American pro wrestling entrance themes ranked. And I'm going to read you off the top 10. Okay. Number 10 is Real, Real American by Rick Derringer. Number nine is Sexy Boy. Uh, number eight is No Chance in Hell, which no is chance. a good one. Which is 20 years old. I know. Wasn't that originally used on a pay-per-view before it was Vince's thing? Yeah, it was for the freaking ni- 1999 Royal Rumble, where Steve Austin had no chance in hell mm-hmm. because he was going to be number one, and there was $10,000 if you eliminated him. Oh, yeah. yeah worst, worst Royal Rumble ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number seven is... My Time Is Now by John Cena and The Trademark. The. The. Gosh. What a trademark. <laughs> uh, number six is Graveyard Symphony from The Undertaker. That's the theme he used from 96 to 98, which is still a good version of it. Which is like when he switched to wearing purple to wearing more black. <laughs> wearing black and gray. Uh, number five is Invasion, the Goldberg theme, which was written by Jimmy Hart, because Jimmy Hart did all the WCW themes. And uh, that's probably one of the best themes that ever came out of WCW, other than, like, the Wolfpack era. And all the ripoffs. <laughs> and then, do you remember? Then he had his Godberg theme. Yeah. Like, Godberg? His, well, Pat came up with this one. Because the fanfare was more like... Like, WCW... Grandiose. Yeah, WCW, it sounds like a military march, but for WWE, it sounds like freaking God himself is coming to the ring. Or herself. Uh, <laughs> number four. Yeah. Arrgh. Oh, yeah. my head. Let's go wrestle. Yeah, I'm going to wrestle now. Uh, number four was the theme Crow, which was the theme that Sting used in WCW, which was an amazing theme song. Another great example of WCW originality. I kind of wish they had kept that. I like the theme they gave, the original theme they gave him in WWE. I think it's kind of cool. But the Crow is just so freaking iconic. They should have just stuck with it. Especially considering they brought in Goldberg and kept his theme too. Yeah, and they even used it to sell 
a 2K game, they use his old theme to do it, and then as soon as he makes his debut, they gave him a new music. And like, but everyone that watches your show has now heard that theme and knows it's his. And knows so. people wearing sting masks are playing cello. That's right. <laughs> no, no, I gotta give him my own theme. It's just a crow going. Ah! <laughs> you uh, will num- crow leave. Crow, crow sting. Number three is also Sprack Zarathustra, also Ooh. known as the theme from 2001: A Space Odyssey. Ooh. And he's used that everywhere. Literally mm-hmm. everywhere. It's always been the flair music. Uh, number two is Bret Hart's theme, which we already mentioned. And number one is I Won't Do What You Tell Me. Huh? The theme song for Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Huh? Why, why'd you gotta make Lil Ray Ray number 30? Lil Ray Ray. How terrible is it that, that of uh, everything that is Steve Austin, that, that the what persists? I know that's terrible. It's it's so. It, and it he didn't annoying. even apologize for it at his Hall of Fame induction. It was <laughs> annoying 15 years ago. It's annoying today. So now, what about? Uh, I know it's 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 a little bit of an offshoot of of wrestling, but uh, you know the the wrestling video games, especially the, the, the mm-hmm. 2K games, seem to have a lot of like cool music in them these days. I I, I only have 2K16 because it was a Games with Gold that I got for free and my son plays the shit out of it, but it seems like they try and include a lot of uh, a lot of music in, in those as well. Well, the only problem with that now is that the quote-unquote real music is all menu stuff, and you can't use it for actual entrance music like you could in some of the old games where, like, I had that Zebrahead song as the entrance music to my character because it was so friggin' good. Oh, I remember they had that uh, remix of Symphony of Destruction on one of the games, and you could use that, so I used that. There was the Hell Yeah. That was the year where freaking the Hell Yeah song was like in every sports game. Oh, yeah. And I used that. Give me a yeah. Oh, see, I... Before Rev Theory was was still Revolution Theory. All right, so you were talking about Rev Theory, Hell Yeah. When you said Hell Yeah, I thought you meant the band Hell Yeah, and I didn't remember them. No, I mean the band Hell Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. And I thought he meant H Blocks. H Block, that's another band. H Blocks is another band I I never would have known of if not for that Steve Austin. Oh, Hell Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they had a. Like, one of their songs was DLC in, like, Rock Band 2. And the only reason I downloaded it was because I was familiar with them from WWF. It would be Hell Yeah, You Wouldn't Know. Oh, okay. Wow. First album. It was on Madden and in uh, SVR 08. Madden 08, SVR 08. Oh, speak. By the way, how awesome was that disturbed version of Steve Austin's theme? So awesome. Somehow the guitar got harder. Yeah, I didn't think he, that was possible. But then Steve Austin's like, hold my bear. <laughs> no, wait, I'll hold my beer. <laughs> Nowadays, it's hold my glass of wine. Never mind, I'll drink my beer. Oh, yeah, he's done with beer, hasn't he? Yeah. He doesn't drink beer anymore. Yeah, he's a wine guy now. No more Steve Weiser. Now he's a Steve. <laughs> now it's Steve. It's Steve and Yawn. Remember when you like you, you, you they finally revealed that like nine times out of ten it was non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> and you're like, God damn it. I mean, I don't think it mattered that much since ninety percent of it wound up poured down his chest. Yep. I remember that interview. He's like, I think I, I drink about twenty five percent of the actual beer. <laughs> I, I, it was a funny quote too, because he's like, I'm no statistician, but uh, 
Love Steve Austin. One of my all-time favorites. By the way, my all-time... We, we mentioned Jericho because it's my all-time favorite wrestler, but my other all-time favorite wrestler, Rob Van Dam, had a pretty cool entrance theme in WWE, that uh, that one-of-a-kind theme. Yes. Which, was, which I always thought was a pretty cool cool sounding song like like he even said himself he's like i really miss walk but he goes i think one of a kind is pretty good it's better than that crap they used to have me coming out to (laughs) that band because i just pulled that album up breaking point i don't think they're together anymore hey just a fun shin story anybody would anybody like to know how i uh found out audio slave broke up the first time god (laughs) i logged on to myspace member and that little thing where you could post notes. There was one from Ryu Draven or Spike Ryu or whatever your name was. At what the kind time. of a what kind of a nerd name is that? <laughs> and and the title of the post just said "fuck." <laughs> and I clicked on it, and it was all about how Audio Slave had broken up. But I'll never forget that. Just "fuck" was <laughs> the title. Well, did, did I ever explain to you why that was such a big deal to me? We talked about that on the last episode, but I just wanted to bring that up again for these guys because I thought that was just... Right, right. Well, that's because when, you know, when me and Casey got together, our first kiss was to an Audio Slave song, so they were always our band. And so it was disappointing when they split up uh, for that reason, and also because I never got to see them play live. And now that Chris Cornell is dead... Spo- you will never get to see Spoiler it. alert. Yeah, I will not get to see them ever which is which is disappointing because they never they never even toured on their last record they kind of they put out that last record and then cornell did a james bond theme and a solo album immediately and then they were like all right audio slaves breaking up oh. so it's a good james bond theme well, i'm it looking is. forward to seeing uh i'm gonna try to get uh disturbed go see them when they're in uh hershey in october i haven't yeah, I seen saw them that. live yet I think that's I'm the excited. day after my birthday, right? October 4th. Yeah. Would literally be the day after your birthday. You know, the, the, first, uh, the first WWE show I ever went to was October the 4th, back in, fuck, 99. So I was thinking about doing the deal where I just, I buy two tickets and then try to find somebody to go with. And if they don't, then I have a seat next to me that's unoccupied. <laughs> a whole put on a beer seat. They put on a great show, dude. Uh, you know, I just, when I went to that show at MSG, it was fucking fantastic. And they're performing with uh, In This Moment. Nice. Well, who I also have not seen live. I forgot everyone they're uh, performing with on this tour. There's four bands, though. It's Disturbed, In This Moment. Ugh, God, I can't remember the other two names. And you'd probably know them, like, immediately. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. I remember seeing those, those the tour date announcement and seeing that they weren't really coming anywhere near me this time. But they were just in New York City recently, so... Mm-hmm. I why would they come back so soon? But uh, yeah, in this moment's great. I I kind of I'm bummed that they oh, don't. Oh, Pop Evil's one of them. Ugh. Okay. Sorry. All right. Not and uh, there there's one more band. I'm trying to look it up now and find the information. Yeah, Disturbed never tickets the Evolution tour. Never been a fan of uh, Pop Evil. They uh, I've seen them a few times just because they're one of those bands that I've seen a few times just because they happen to be on the show, not because I want to see them. And I've just never been. And they've got some. I can. They're another band that I can kind of see. Can kind of see why people like them. And the first single that they released, I really enjoyed. But then their second single was this really like this ballad type song, and I, I just couldn't get into it. And then and then I kind of feel like some of the shows that they got booked on that I saw them at. They weren't really a great fit for, and uh, so I just, I mean, they've got other, like, one of their singles that's out now, Nick really likes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not, 
not huge into them. Not a fan. That's fine. Fair enough. But uh, uh, just uh, expressing my excitement about oh, yeah, yeah, the possibility no. going to see them. Uh, in the, oh, I started to say, in this moment, they don't play any of their really old material anymore, um, which is kind of disappointing, because one of my favorite songs of theirs falls under that category of stuff they don't play anymore. Uh, Welcome to the Gun Show. Fucking Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, they, the, la- the, the last time I saw them play that song was in 2010, and I headbanged so hard I thought my head was going to legitimately fall off. Like, <laughs> but, uh... All right. Yeah, no, they don't play that anymore. I thought my head was going to fall off. They, because basically ever since uh, their album Blood, like right before that album, like half of the band left and it got replaced. And then ever since then also, I was having this discussion with somebody else recently. Although it is a concert, they sort of took on more of a performance art kind of vibe over like a concert where like... There's a really, usually a really elaborate stage show, and their singer changes outfits after nearly every song. And uh, and yeah, they only play their more recent material. So at this point, I think they have, off the top of my head, I'm going to say, I think that they have five or six albums, and they only play stuff off of two of them, or three of them. Oh, well, maybe, I'm sure there's a, there's an aesthetic choice in there somewhere, but I understand how that can be disappointing. Yeah. I mean, luckily I'd gotten to see them a lot in their earlier days of uh, when they were on the OzFest and the Mayhem and stuff like that. But that's another band I've never seen before, and I've always wanted to, so... I was going to say, has any of their stuff ever been used in wrestling? Because I feel like it'd be cool if it did. <laughs> Not that I know of. Although, at one point, I wanted to use their cover of Blondie for entrance music for myself. I have the... Uh, going back to my son's birthday playlist, I have the instrumental version of that song on the playlist... Just because I figured that the you know <laughs> the the lyrics were not necessarily appropriate for a kids party, but really, <laughs> all right, I got one for you guys. Okay, if you were a wrestler or any kind of wrestling personality and you had your own entrance theme, what would you come out to? And I'll, I'll tell you the ones I have come out to, and then the, the what I would come out to given the choice. Dan, I already know the answer to yours because I give it to your character in every game when I have the option to do so. And that would be immigrant song. Yep, by Led Zeppelin. Good old immigrant song. How about you, Mr. Cantwell? What's your entrance theme? Uh, well, when I was in uh, independent wrestling, I had two themes. Uh, a friend of mine actually did uh, a theme, a custom theme for me, which I still use as a, a as a promo in my shows at CHMR. And I also came out to uh, No Exit by Blondie. Nice. Had a nice uh, cathedral sort of uh, organ at the beginning of it. Fit my, there is, uh, there fit is my, a guy uh, who uh, does custom entrance music from the somewhere close to my area too and i've often considered contacting him to see if he'll write something for the uh the podcast just so i have something i can own and utilize and i think i might actually uh go through with that with our patron our patron money and get ourselves an original uh i actually don't remember his name off top of my head he does a lot of ring of honor themes uh, I don't think it's somebody who's actually very well known other than in like this local independent scene. But w- when I find out the name, I'll, I'll let you know. You might have heard of him. I have no idea. Okay. <clears throat> what about you, Mr. Shin? I I don't know that I have a, a, a specific song in mind, but I definitely have a specific style in mind. I'm, I'm finding, not finding, I mean, I've known this about myself, but after the, the last episode of the podcast, uh, where I interviewed uh, Tim Ripper Owens, a former singer from Judas Priest and uh, Iced Earth. 
among the thousands of other bands, not thousands, but he's, he's been in a ton of projects. And I was listening to, to the music I was including in that episode and just going back and listening to his old material and Judas Priest and whatnot. Just that general style of metal, that sort of Judas Priesty, really over the top, intelligible vocals, but sort of higher pitched. You know, like like Ripper's range and, and Rob Halford's range and something with, with a lot of guitar definitely would be the direction that I would go. I've always thought You've Got Another Thing Coming would make a great entrance theme. It's got the perfect opening rift. It's got good lyrics to it. That would be a, a good Judas Priest entrance song, in my opinion. You know what's funny is that when I first my that you know, that I feel like that song is is most people's first exposure to Priest. It's you know the one that's probably the most out there in the in the. You think the... so? I I thought that would be breaking the law, actually. Well, the yeah, well the, the between those two, and I remember when I first heard uh, those songs, I was like, yeah, these is kind of lame, uh, you know. And and then I saw Priest at the Ozfest, and I was like, wow, I was really wrong. They're not lame at all. Like, if I had to pick a Judas Priest song just because it's my favorite one, uh, I would probably go with Painkiller. That's a good one, too. I was actually going to suggest that. Electric Eye is pretty fantastic, too. That is that is my second favorite Judas Priest song. <laughs> so when I first did ring announcing for World Star Wrestling, I didn't come out to the actual song. I came out to a ripoff of it. But they would play the intro piece, too. And forgive me, because I don't. my German is non-existent. Oh, it's a Rammstein song? Yes. It's a Walt ihr das Bett in Flammen sehen. Okay. It's the You want to see the bed in flames. Thank you. But yes, uh, it's the intro song. It's got that opening guitar rift, and then when it would actually cut into the heavy stuff, that was my cue to get out to the ring. The only problem, it wasn't the actual song. It would just repeat after that. that. But that was my first official entrance theme. And then, of course, when I got to choose my own, came out to Sharp Dressed Men by ZZ Top for my first GSW appearance as the commissioner because I thought that would be clever. And then I forgot why I had to change it, but I ended up coming out to The Killers the next time. Oh, it was from a—it was a stupid bet that I made one of my college friends because he kept using that stupid When We Were Young song, and he was, like, overplaying it. And then I kept singing it in a really loud, obnoxious voice back to him. And then he's like, dude, next GSW show, you should come out to that. I'll totally, like, mark out to it because he was doing commentary for us. I'm like, okay. So I did. <laughs> but uh given the given the choice is something i always wanted to do as a manager gimmick um because i i was gonna do a uh an over-the-top new jersey character which was gonna be a good heel manager role for the state of pennsylvania <laughs> well because new jersey is is the heel in america as it is but you go to the neighbors and it becomes even healer. But I wanted to come out to a Bruce Springsteen song. The problem is the song Radio Nowhere sounds too too babyface-ish for what I wanted. So I was like, well, screw it. I'll I mean, just uh, any Springsteen song sounds a little too babyface. A little too babyface. Yeah. I was like, well, I can't do you know, Dancing in the Dark, that's babyface. I'm on fire, that's babyface. Born to run. Born in the USA is way too babyface, and Thunder Road wouldn't work. It's so babyface, Hulk Hogan used to actually use it. (laughs) So then I started going with the other big Jersey artist, which was Bon Jovi, and that actually got harder. Oh, okay. Uh, Doing the bangers, yeah. Actually, Bad Medicine would work, because that's a banger, and it doesn't necessarily have to be. Dr. Wagner Jr. uses and Courtney Rush used to use before she became all demonic. Oh, yeah. So that could work. But, like, you couldn't come out to something like 
living on a prayer. Although I did know it, there was a tag team we used in World Star Wrestling that came out to a remix of it. And I think they were heel, but it just did it didn't fit their characters. Keep the faith might have worked. You know what though? I could write a book on indie wrestlers I've worked with who came out to entrance themes that didn't work. So that's a whole that's a whole different scenario. We talked I talked about uh image and toxic what they used for entrance themes. Another one of my favorites was uh, working with Justin Glory because He's got the uh, he's got a master's in theology, so he's the big religious guy. And uh, I got nothing against religion, despite being an atheist. And you know, he wasn't he was a respectful person about it. So I always asked him about his entrance themes, and he came out to "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence. Then he was coming out to "Adrenaline" by Gavin Rossdale. Then he started coming out to "Savior" by Skillet, which again I discussed this on your last episode. That's how I discovered Skillet when he turned when he made his heel turn for World Star Wrestling. Now his skillet entrance theme when he does actually come out to stuff because he's babyface as the promoter obviously is uh something about the revolution or something about being uh it's a skillet song god it's not the resistance i know it's i know that's not it but it's something about um i think it might be salvation actually but it's basically it's basically all about being reborn and rising back to the top which kind of fit his character at the time because he was going from that kind of fell off the wayside and would do shows occasionally and then he went full-on trainer and then promoter so it actually worked at the top no not that don't ever mention that again worst song ever then you'd have like we, we would use gimmick characters like l shoes joe DeLeo's character who was just a big goofy character so every theme he used was something different per show but it fit the character because he's always doing something different so like he came out to fame by irene cara but it worked because of what the goofy pimp gimmick he was doing. So Chuck Taylor used Hey Sandy, the freaking theme song to Pete and Pete. Yeah, and his <laughs> finisher was called the Anawana Drop. <laughs> and his first gimmick was he ran out and just screamed in kids' faces. Made them and cry. they cried. It was great. Chuck Taylor is... And he's named after a shoe. His gimmick name is named yeah. after a shoe. A freaking shoe. And now he's a top tag team for the hottest up-and-coming wrestling I company. Know. <laughs> like, I thought that was a big deal when he started doing Japan shows, and now it's freaking... He's like, probably that they might become tag team champions because the Young Bucks are probably going to not do that because they're running the show. But uh, if I had to choose an actual song song, and uh, Shin is going to hate me for this one. Oh, Christ. Because it's a hailstorm song. Ah, uh, damn it! <laughs> and I know, I know that's your, uh, your, your it's gay bar movie. by Electric Six. Uh, but I, I found a way to come out to "Freak Like Me" as an actual entrance song with timing and everything. But that would work more if I was actually doing the wrestling as opposed to doing the managing. Right. So I would stick to basically do. I always said I would come out to something. I always wanted to come out to a rock remix of something that was popular in pop culture. So like there was a rock remix of the Back to the Future theme and then of the Game of Thrones entrance uh, intro song. That I had both of those saved, and I'm like, well, if it ever came down to it, I would use something like this because there's no lyrics. Remix it's something you would know, but it's not the original, original thing, so it sounds unique. The rock okay. version of Rap Superstar. And now I gotta pose this question. Off the top of your head, and I'll give you all some time to think about it. Worst entrance theme you've ever heard. And you can go mainstream, you can go uh, go indie if you want to. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear it, but I heard the story about Chris Hero with some hole-on-the-wall indie fed where the guy just had a mix CD, and if you were in the first match, the first guy came out to track one, 
Second guy came up to track two, and they had a rumble match as the main event, and he and he made his entrance to uh, a man. <laughs> was it friggin' uh, I feel like a woman. that's awesome i i gotta i don't remember which bella it was but whichever one had the bok 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 that would be brie uh one that always stuck out in my head and it fits the character but it doesn't mean i have to like the theme was the the horrible music they used for bastion booger which was just somebody slamming their fist on a piano and then some guy trying to hawk a loogie (laughs) i'm the booger man Bong, bong, they go. And like, it sounded more like he was groaning than hawking a loogie. It was so terrible. I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed that game, Boogerman, back on the Sega Genesis. I remember. Oh, <laughs> God, freaking uh, American males. American males. American males. A lot of those gimmick, like, like, they don't almost don't count as entrance themes because they were just noise. Like TL Hopper came out to the sounds of toilet flushing with just a, an evil bass behind it. Or the right yeah. to censor. Yeah, but again, it fit the character. I almost don't know if it counts as like entrance music. I know one theme I always thought was terrible was the first theme Emma came out to. Not sure if I remember what that was. Yeah, it was like it was really weird. Can't even really describe it. Six sounded- music. It sounded terrible, but uh, as far as like what what bad entrance themes I could I could think of, that's a uh, that's off the top of my head. Can't well, I'm sure you've got a couple, and you're because you're you're the theme master over there at CHMR's Ring Rust, so I'm sure you've played your fair share too. Yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with the for- the artist formerly known as Goldust, just a bunch of screeching guitars and reverb. <laughs> yeah, it's that that one is pretty bad. Not even appropriate to the character. Probably. Wait, was there was there a point in time where he was going by the artist formerly known as Goldust? Yeah, late ninety seven, early ninety eight. Yeah, he was like dressed in day glow green. He was basically like, like green dust. Green dust. All right. So here is a list of this is Bleacher Report's fifteen worst entrance songs in history for WWE. I'm gonna read them off and we can discuss. Uh, one is Kelly Kelly, or I should say fifteen is Kelly Kelly. All the girls. Opposite, yeah. Club say, holla, holla, holla. I kind of like that one. It's not awful. Uh, he puts our truth on here, which I think is. I mean, not... he's been using it for like 16 years. I mean, so I do remember when he was when his first run in WWE with Road Dog as K Quick, mm-hmm. and bec- I had I had zero, you know, uh, like I said, I'm not a rap guy. And so I had asked a guy in my high school what he thought about the that theme, and his response was, "Man, K Quick is a whack rapper." And so I I just assumed that the uh, you know oh, that's... get rowdy <laughs> when you moves your thing. Shake your ass like Changalang. <laughs> uh, they have Bertha Faye on this list. Oh, but just oh, Bruno. Yeah, uh, Men on a Mission, which I I think I do remember that that. Men on a Mission happened when I thankfully wasn't watching because 95 King of the Ring is, has been listed as the worst pay-per-view in history for the, for all pay-per-views. Really? But yeah. they did the WrestleMania 10 rap. How could they possibly be bad? I think I think King of the Ring 90, 95 went down because it was Mabel winning and it also featured four Savio Vega matches. And that alone... And it was in Philly. <laughs> yeah, well, they, oh, number 11 is the X-Factor theme. I love that one. Uncle Cracker. X-Factor. Uncle Cracker. Number 10 is Heidenreich, mostly because of the Nazi connotations. And also having Paul Heyman, a Jew, as your manager probably didn't help that. Number 9 is The Oddities, which is funny because that's the only ICP song I've ever liked. <laughs> 
Number I eight is. Like, uh, go I ahead. Go. Their, I kind of liked their Chris Benoit song a little bit. Not a lot, but you know, a little bit. It was interesting. It existed. It, it, it's, it, it is a thing that happened. We can. Leave I was it like, it's not about Chris Benoit. It's just called Chris Benoit. I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, uh, Anthrax had a song called Judas Priest that wasn't about Judas Priest. Yeah. No. And Living in the Box did a song called Living in the Box. Uh, Jimmy Wang Yang ranks in at number eight. The character from the Texas country shit. The, oh, yeah. redneck, the redneck Asian. Yes. I thought that was funny. I got my dog named Baloo. Uh, the Undertaker 2003, which that was, was uh, Limp Biscuit, right? No, that was uh, You're, you're Gonna Pray. You're doing it now. Huh. Number six up. is Rockabilly, also a shitty character. Is that Billy Gunn? Yep. yep. Okay. When he was the honky-tonk man's understudy thing going on. And you know everything you need to know about that character. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Uh, number five was Bastion Booger, which I already mentioned. Four was T.L. Hopper, and three was Isaac Yankum. I just talked about all those, so. It's just drill noises. Uh, screams. <laughs> number two and number one, I horribly disagree with being worse ever. These still long on the so bad they're good list. Number two is Mr. Ass. It says there's another part. There's also another part about Billy's love for asses where it says he likes to watch them, flaunt them, stick them, etc. But I really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> And then you know what they put as number one, which is like the best cheesy theme ever? Real man's man. He's a man. Fucking uh, William or Stephen Regal. Yeah. Such Such a a man. man. Such a man. Oh, that, yeah. How how do you get that? Because I feel like every other thing that I've ever seen of him was, was, you know, a proper actual fucking British guy. How the hell do you get that gimmick? They probably had the idea for the gimmick, and they're going to give it to the next. next yeah, basically. I walk through the door. <laughs> kind of like what happened with the Mister Perfect and Red Rooster. It was like next two guys that walk in the door. One of them is Mister Perfect. The other one's the Red Rooster. Uh, one of them's career sparked from that, and the other one's career literally died. <laughs> Terry Taylor was never. Terry Taylor never really got work after that as a wrestler. And he was a damn good hand too. Yeah, he was. Damn bitch. Well, well I one think of their that... careers died. Dot dot dot. Oh. oh man, I wasn't gonna go there. All right, so here here are entrance themes so bad they're good. Uh, Eye of the Hurricane, which is the Hurricanes theme, which is awesome. Stand back. Uh, the Dude Love theme. Yep, I agree with that one. Of course, they also have Real Man's Man and Ass Man on this list, which is where they belong. Uh, Rob Conway's Just Look at Me theme. Just look at me. Uh, Bull Dempsey's theme, which I, I remember Bull Dempsey because I almost didn't until I read this. Uh, I mean, I remember that name, but that's about was that. Wait, was that? Um, no, it that was, was somebody NXT, else. Right? It was Bull James's gimmick in WWE. Yeah, he was a, he was a big fat guy. And then they made him into then they made him bull fit. Oh, yeah, that guy. OK, because they realized everybody was chanting shit after it hit the, they would say bull and his theme. And they decided to try Just to change when he that. started getting over. They fired him. Uh, Disco Inferno's theme is on this list. Disco yeah. fever. Reverend yeah, yeah, yeah. Devon. Oh, testify, my brother. God, Reverend Devon. Uh, David Flair's theme, which I literally don't know. Oh, it's do 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 And then it's like disappointed Ric Flair is, um, is the Tron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Billy and Chuck theme. You look The boy band so music. Good to me. Fabulous Rougeau brothers are on this list. Ah, of course they are. Um... 
You know what's not on this list Isn't that it? needs to American be on this list? You know what's not on this list? The freaking three count theme. That was uh, a the Backstreet thing. Boys and Sync 2. Britney Spears is kind of cute. We watched TRL on MTV. Now everybody three count. One, two, three. One, three. two, three. <laughs> awesome. Did they put out an album? No, they never got that into it with WCW. They did have two songs, though. Because I got like three or four songs that are labeled three count. And I don't know if they actually were from the same from them. Maybe. I mean, it depends on where you got them from. I remember back in the days of... Uh... The early days of of illegal downloading on the internet, the uh, Napster, the Napster and Kazaa days, where you'd get shit that would say it was one thing and it was not that anything thing. minorly funny was just labeled Weird Al. Weird Al, yeah, yeah. Or uh, I, I think I mentioned this the last time Chris was on. I got this uh, Nine Inch Nails. They, they called it the Super Mario remix, and it was the song Closer with just Mario yep. music and sound effects in the background the whole time. So it's like, I want to ding, 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 ding. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then the other one was that system of a de- allegedly system of a down Legend of Zelda song that that uh, Chris looked up actually last time and no one knows who did it. Everyone said like it gets credited to system of a down and then everyone says, no, it's not system of a down, but no one knows who actually did the song. They claim it wasn't them, but that's but that's just them saying they didn't do it. But nobody can figure out who it was, which makes me think that they're just lying. Mm. They're just bullshitting us. I think I think my all time favorite one that I ever found was uh, oh god, I'm trying to remember what it was labeled as. It was something. Uh, it wasn't the System of a Down Legend of Zelda thing, but it was something like that. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, this is not who this is at all. Oh, it was Live in La Vida Yoda. <laughs> And they're like, this is Weird Al. I'm like, this doesn't even sound like Weird Al. Yeah, I downloaded a, a song called uh, Pussy Whipped that said it was by System of a Down, but it actually turned out to be the band S.O.D., a.k.a. the Stormtroopers of Death. That's almost System of a Down. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same initials, I guess. Ba- basically. <laughs> so Ed and Sod, you know. All right. I want to I wanna do, do a fun wrap-up question here uh and i I kind of alluded to this earlier because i mentioned goldberg can you think of any entrance themes that the theme was better than the actual wrestler that was given to and another go-to for me is the ultimate warrior oh um well this is another kicked ass but he he did not this is another another uh real song a real band not real song but a real band doing a song there was a song and I forget the name of the song, but it was used for... I can't forget. What the fuck? All right. One-Legged Wrestler. Zach Gowan. Zach Gowan. Zach Gowan. He used a Seether song, and I really enjoy the Seether song. <laughs> yeah, it was from the Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack. Yes. I believe the song was called Out of My Way. I know that yeah. was like the, yeah. the, the chorus line. I wasn't sure if that was the name of the song, though. Yes, that is the official name of the song. I just looked it up. Okay. And, well, you probably don't have to get that far out of his way if he's hobbling towards you. So, by the way, I still want to book Zach Gowan versus Mike Simsack at an indie show. That's still a goal. Hashtag goals. Zach Gowan versus Gregory Iron versus Mike Simsack. And call it the handy capable match. Dear God. As they put Simsack in a Boston Crab and he just no sells it. <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry. I love you, buddy. <laughs> Should have had um, you on the show. He lives across the street. Yeah, but you also want to get ratings. <laughs> Mike, I love you, buddy. I hope you're. Damn. I love you, buddy. Uh, there's two theme songs I can think of from the Attitude Era that, okay. uh, in my opinion, anyway, I wasn't a, a big fan of the two wrestlers myself. 
There was a one, two, three kids theme, which is just sort of one, two, three in a generic song, which I, for whatever reason, liked a lot better than many other theme songs. Well, that's that and, seems like Sean Waltman's entire career summed up right there. Yeah. And Pearl River Plunge for um, Ahmed Johnson. Oh, Ahmed Johnson was terrible. Yes. <laughs> but that actually was a pretty cool theme song. So anything in comparison is better. With PG 13's rap. Oh my God, I just thought of an Attitude Era song that was freaking amazing. Steve Blackman. Yeah, but yes. Steve Blackman was kind of fire too, though. Steve Blackman was fire, but I just had to bring that up because Steve Blackman. <laughs> By the way, he lives in central Pennsylvania. I need to find him. He's somewhere He's somewhere around here. I need to find his ass. Uh, just get yeah. a bounty put on you. <laughs> Isn't he a bounty? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, think, uh, I think this was a pretty fun show, and thank. I want to thank you for having me, dude. Like, oh, no, no problem. This was a. It's uh, it's kind of. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad to have you guys. I, uh, hopefully, we can do this again. You know, because uh, as as always seems to happen. You know, there were there were uh, panelist ideas that uh, that fell through. Uh, so hopefully, we can do another one and have and have those people on. But uh, before we get going, I just want everybody to give everybody the opportunity to plug their shit. Oh, uh, but I, I got to clarify when it comes to you. When you want me to plug something. You mean my podcast, right? Yes, 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 yes. We're not talking. Hey, okay. About, there's no no anal sex happening right now. Okay. Well, it, and there won't be. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, uh, as I've mentioned on the last time I was on, you can check out the Club Kayfabe Creative Community, which uh, Jay Bunny's Music Hub is, of course, a part of that. Um, our show that Dan and I do, Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, is our weekly pro wrestling show. We have a big WrestleMania special coming up. We're actually going to record on Thursday so we can get it up before all the festivities start. And uh, it's going to be sort of a roundtable. Um, Mr. Cantwell's show, CHMR's Ring Rust, he plugged that at the beginning. Uh, you can check that out. That's also part of the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. And he gives you two chances to watch, by the way, because you can listen live or you can download the podcast later. So what point does the watching come into play? I said listen yeah, how do you... live. No, you said watch. Did I? Well, I meant listen. <laughs> You can you can watch you can stare at the screen while he's talking, and and watch the watch the timer go or something I don't know. But and also, get, go ahead. And you can get all the links for that by going to markjabroni.mysite.com. All right, excellent. And please, and this is going to be a big help to all of us here. Uh, we have a Twitch channel. We need yeah. subscribers because we're doing a lot of stuff on there. It's Twitch.tv/ckccconline. Please check You're that out. Follow so we can get the subscribers. I'm actually going to be doing a stream, probably an hour from now. <laughs> so, yeah. So check check that out too. And uh, you don't have to donate to our patron, because but if you could be so kind as to like, subscribe, and share, uh, especially here with Jay Bunny's Music Hub, hit that share button. It doesn't cost you anything to share this episode on all your favorite social media pages. All right, and then and then for me, obviously, as always, guys, you can follow Jay Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I have a Patreon that no one pays attention to. And then if you believe in buying music like I do, uh, you can follow... Buy music the, or it's buy music. Yeah, you can follow Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter and tweet or post all your music purchases with the hashtag buy music, B-U-Y, or it's buy music, B-Y-E. As far as what's next for this show, I do have uh, an interview booked in about two weeks. As always, I won't say who it's with in case it falls through, uh, but I do have something scheduled for mid-April. Uh, working on some other stuff for April and for the summertime. Hopefully uh, in May, I will have the everything set for... 
J Bunny Fest or whatever I end up calling that concert, but it definitely looks like that's going to happen. Uh, you know, that was partially dependent on taxes and, and, and that came back really good. So I'll definitely be able to book that show and I'll uh, have more details for everybody when I have them. I already excellent. said I'll be there. Excellent. Excellent. So before we go, uh, you know, you guys did your, your final plugs. Anything else anybody wants to say before we get out of here? You can follow me at, uh, at Mark Jabroni on in, uh, Twitter. Yeah, uh, just, yeah, please help us out with the CKCC online and uh, I'll be your friend. Oh, I know. <laughs> and if you I don't need money you can be a co-host yeah get on that people all right all right well since we're we're going on about two hours here and i haven't added any intros or anything let's get the fuck out of here i'll see everybody later bye later days all right so once again i didn't talk to any musicians in this episode however i did reach out to charlie corletta a past guest on the show who's involved in wrestling and he had a song that his band, The Silencer, wrote specifically for indie wrestler by the name of Josh Briggs. This is Die Trying. Till next time, guys. <laughs>